Gabriel is the founder of an organization called Game Changers Idaho. Before Game Changers was officially a nonprofit, it started as a small adaptive flag football program that offered an opportunity for kids with and without disabilities to play together. Since that time, Game Changers has grown into offering a variety of sports, reaching more and more kids each season. Of his program, Gabriel says, We believe that every child, regardless of ability, should have every opportunity to play sports to their fullest potential. We want to be another source in the community where our participants are able to create friendships, to be included into team sports, and to show what they are truly capable of doing. While playing sports, we are also teaching kids of all abilities what it truly means to help another. We are able to teach everyone patience, empathy, and how to be leaders on and off the field. The first step is by being a genuine human being. Gabriel's organization stands as a great example to us all of the impact we can make in our communities and as a reminder of the importance of modeling inclusivity, kindness, and empathy for our youth. Let's take a listen. Hi, Gabriel. Thank you so much for being on the show. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. I'm really excited to talk about your organization, Game Changers Idaho. But before we get into that, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your own background? Yeah, I live in Boise, Idaho, and I graduated from Boise State University with sociology. And uh, during college, in my early years, I started working with kids with special needs, uh, one kid in particular. And uh, with that one kid, it kind of led to another child with special needs, uh, which kind of over the years grown. And um, I've had different experiences with volunteering with organizations and working with nonprofits where the focus is on special needs population. And, you know, it got to the point where I kind of wanted to start my own nonprofit, had my own vision and wanted to go about my own way because uh, there's a lot more that needs to be done. Um, so currently starting Game Changers Idaho, we're a year in as a, an official nonprofit. And while doing that, I work at a junior high at Boise in the Boise School District. And um, I work in the Bridge Program. And what the Bridge Program is, it's for refugee students in, um, that are coming to America. So they they enter a Bridge Program. So they're in here for two years. And we help them transition to the American culture while attending junior high with American students. So right now, that's my full-time job. And um, I absolutely love it. Um, these kids need a lot of help. So, you know, it's a... It's a fulfilling job. Um, so while building up Game Changers, I'm also uh, in that bridge program as well. That's really cool. And I would imagine that both kind of work hand in hand. Oh, yeah. You know, both yeah. both things that you're working on. So your organization yeah. is called Game Changers Idaho. And your motto is that you are Life Skills Academy disguised as an athletic program. Your organization's values are listed as inclusion, mentorship, leadership, teamwork, and kindness. Can you tell us more about what Game Changers is all about and what led you to create this program? Yeah, so um, it looks like on in our pictures that we're a sports program. You're going to see football, you're going to see soccer ball, kids in uniforms. Um, but we're using we're using a crap out of sports to promote just um, kids the the full ability of kids with and without disabilities. Um, the kids without disabilities they they can do a lot. They really can. They just need a chance. And they need a chance consistently, not just a one-time feel-good moment chance. Um, it needs to be over and over so we can see their progression. And uh, for the kids without disabilities, uh, it's giving them a chance to help other people as well. And um, I said people, not kids with special needs. They're helping people. All right, let's use that language. Right. Um, and it's teaching them how to help other people consistently as well. It's not just a one-time volunteer, you know, for, for the year. It's, you know, no, let's do this weekend, week out. 
Um, and with our program, we really do focus on the little things. And that means um, we have our kids try out for a team, right? And when they try out for a team, for our older kids, we'll talk to their parents and we'll tell their parents, hey, tell your tell your kid he might not make a team. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll let him know on this date if he's going to make it or not. So we get this, you know, kid kind of worked up a little bit. You know, I, I sound like a monster, but I'm not. I have a feeling, okay, we're, we're getting them nervous, okay, in the anticipation. And then there's a certain day where we arrive at their house and we have a couple of BSU football players, basketball players, and they have this little gift with them. So they'll knock on the door. They'll tell them, hey, I heard you tried out for a team. Do you think you made it? And, like, and they're nervous. They're always nervous. <laughs> and then the you know, the BSU athlete will hand them a little gift. And it's their uniform. And there's a card that says you made the team. So that those are those little things that we focus on a lot. I mean, that's more important than sports because what we provided them was, you know, uh, acceptance to a team. You know, right? How often do they get a tryout for a team? And, um, you know, get that satisfaction of making a program with our older kids. They can take the, they can take it a little bit more, you know. Um, and then another big part of our organization is uh, providing like a, a starting lineup for basketball, football. Again, it's that anticipation of, uh, oh, man, there's people in the stands. My parents are here. They're going to call my name on a microphone. I'm going to run through a tunnel. Um, and, you know, again, that's important for the parents because how often those parents get to see that moment for their kid to run through a tunnel with kids, their peers cheering him on or her on, right? It's providing those moments right there. We're just using sports to, you know, um, provide these feelings that you don't, they don't normally get. So, um, again, sports is fun and all, but that's not enough. We want to do a lot more and making these moments special for them. Every, a lot of listeners have had that moment where it was their, their moment to shine for three seconds, right? They deserve that moment too. For sure. And you're, yeah. you're creating that for them. And yeah. how important would you say it is, uh, for you to instill the value of community in our youth? Uh, very. Um, you know, many, like, I think there's many, uh, people have something, especially kids that they belong to, whether it's sports, um, clubs, just outside of school friendships. Um, I don't, with the kids in our program, you know, a lot of them do have special needs and obviously half of them eat easily and we call them athletes. Um, outside of school, I don't know what's out there for them. Um, so having this program for them, it's, you know, it's special, uh, and especially for kids without special needs as well. Um, a lot of them like to help. They really do. Um, so, you know, we're that organization that it's, it's for them, right? Uh, it's for, for our athletes and our peer mentors. It's comfortable for them. It's, it's their organization. It's their program. Uh, yeah. And there's a, an example I have. We had lacrosse maybe a month ago and. Um, all of our athletes, for the most part, come from different schools. But over the year, over the years, they've gotten to be familiar with each other. So when they come to an event, they're like high fiving each other, hugging each other, it's like how you doing? And because they're coming for, and, and we're able to provide that, you know. And they're in their friends now, and they know each other. So we're that organization where you know they're going to school Monday to Friday, but they're able to come to our organization and catch up. So inclusion and kindness are two of your defining values at Game Changers. How do you approach these topics with the kids and how have you seen them put these lessons into action? Okay, so I love this question because uh, it's really funny. Uh, I am to the point now where everybody's using hashtag inclusion, hashtag kindness. Everybody's using that now, right? So 
me, you got to know me personally, though. Okay, so when everyone's doing something, I tend to not do it. So like on Instagram and Facebook, now I'm I'm not talking about kindness and inclusion because um, there are so many people out there that are taking a selfie and they're you know hashtag kindness. Like, well, what are you doing? Right. You know, we're not going to say kindness. We're not going to say inclusion. We're just going to do it. Like as simple as that. I'm not kidding you. Now on the back of our shirts, it says be kind, be different, be you. Okay, that was the our original model, and I'm sticking to it because it's important. Um, but you know, while we're in that shirt and that message, we're doing the work. That's the most important part. So we want it to be um, get to the point where it's a normal thing. You know, we we have this uh, World Kindness Day. I <laughs> again, I don't post a picture or anything about it on Kindness Day because for me, it's, a, it's another day. Okay. Um, people shouldn't feel extra special because it's World Kindness Day. Like, no, that feeling you had, do it every day. Go help somebody every day. Don't just do it one day, right? right? And it's about Uh, not just talking the talk. You're you're walking the walk. Um, It's like, you make it a habit, you know, of being kind. And it's funny because like the word kindness, you got people like, I don't, I'm not going to do that. You know, it's like, well, be a decent human being. How about that? All right. You can be a decent human being every day, especially these kids. They think kindness is a weakness. Um, and if, if they're, you know, being, you know, hashtagging kindness, their friends are going to see them. They're going to tease them, right? Um, so we're, we're not we're not using those words. We're just doing the work. We're doing it. And what we are doing is kind. I'm not going to lie to you, duh. And um, what we're doing is inclusion. Um, but we're doing the work on a consistent basis to where we're not having to use those words because it's a normal day. It's, it's something that we that we do, and people are realizing. No, this is what they do. This is who they are. You know, um, we hope we don't have to be an organization where we put have to use words like inclusion, inclusion, and kindness. But they see our body of work over time, and it, we're just another organization in the community. And this is who they have in their community. Right. So that's that's my that's my little philosophy. Anyway. I love it. And what like it. would you say that you've seen kids come into the program? You know, whether you're you're discussing it, you know, bringing it out and saying, like, we're going to talk about inclusion or we're going to talk about kindness, whether you're doing that or not. Do you see that they come into the program and are changed by what they see in the program and take oh, that yeah. outside of the program yeah, you know, so, to be more inclusive and to be more kind? Yeah. Uh, when I so I will talk to the kids. Um, and for me, I don't like selling the special needs card. If that makes sense, yeah, it does. Uh, I talk to the kids about perspective. Um, I talk to the art. So we have a lot of peer mentors, kids without disabilities, that are good kids. And when I'm talking to them, I talk to them. You know, hey, some sometimes people are just born. Um, I talk to these kids. These kids were born with a disability. They didn't choose to have a disability, and because they were born with a disability, they don't get every opportunity that you have. It's simple as that. It's you know, it's it's true. Um, and, and, you know, that's, it's not right. And these kids, you know, it's, it's, that's all it takes is when they hear that little, you know, part right there that they were born with it. Um, you know, we, we, we have the opportunity, not every kid's going to go out there and help another person. That's not it. Um, but you know, you kids, you guys chose to be here. Um, you want to help other people. Well, now we're giving you a platform to help other people. Um, and, th- and I, I tell these kids, I, that, that's a definition of being cool. You know, we're living at a, a weird time for these kids right now. And it's not slowing down where they feel like they have to keep up with, you know, somebody else 
um, who's you know going on a little vacation. He's got the new iPhone, um, just new clothing line. I don't know, but those things aren't cool. Those are those are just things. Uh, when it comes down to it, in the long run, helping other people—that's so so cool. And adults know this. That you know, who cares what your, your friends think? The kids—they don't know what being cool is. In the long run, adults are going to notice what you're doing. And, you know, it's, it is a life skill because what these kids are learning is patience. And patience is a skill set. In the long run of life, patience is a skill set. And learning to work with people that are just different. Um, and obviously with our kids, we have kids with uh, muscular dystrophy, autism, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, kids that are blind. So our kids, our kid mentors, they're adjusting on the fly to kids of you know disabilities, um, and they're learning on their own how to uh, to kind of bend um, to the kids' needs. You know, so that's a that's a skill when they grow up. Um, you know, for me as an adult, I have a ton of patience, and that's probably my biggest skill set. Um, and I hope these kids they realize that in the long run as well. For sure, so, it's not something that's necessarily taught to kids. Uh, no, and sometimes not. adults really struggle to even yeah. wrap their head around it, you know, and yeah. I think it's that's so invaluable to plant that seed for them at a young age. Just at what you said age. to be the whole concept of what's cool and what's not cool yeah. is I think that's huge it to is, be yeah. instilling that in the kids. And then on top of it, to be saying like, you know, notice the differences, but mm. accept the differences and find your yeah. way to help that person, uh, yeah. you know, who's different and who could maybe use a little extra help. I think it's yep. so, so cool. And, you know, as you spoke about leadership and teamwork and mentorship, that's a big part of your, your program as well. So how do you mm -hmm. implement those values in your program? Like how does the mentorship program work? Yeah. So, you know, as, as much as I love providing these moments for, uh, our athletes, um, this, this program's, Half of it is for our athletes. Half of it is for our peer mentors. Um, because the better our peer mentors are, the better the organization is for our athletes. Um, and I have really cool uh, examples. Um, we have a kid. He's been in our, in our program for a while now. Um, and I used to, I was a, his football coach in 7th uh, and 8th grade. And he's a now he's in high school now. But he started early in our program. And over the years, he's taken on... it. At one point, it was uncomfortable for him because um, it was it was new and different. Um, in our flag football program, he has his own team and he calls his own plays. I'll step in every once in a while to help him out because it's hard; it really is. Um, but how he connects with our kids and he's a he's a he's a high school kid, and these are other high school kids in this program, and he's taking on this leadership role where you know that again that's cool, that's really cool. All his other friends on a Friday night are I don't know doing you know joy driving i don't know what they're doing but he chooses to be out here in this black football program helping other people you know helping other people you know deep down inside it makes you feel good selfishly this whole organization doing everything selfishly it makes me feel good so why not keep doing it right absolutely and i think that that's part of what you're doing too is yeah. giving them that experience because sometimes i think you don't you don't realize how beneficial it is to you to help mm -hmm. other people and oh. whether it's selfish or not i think that's no, yeah. And, it's and just the truth of it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, just to give them that opportunity to understand and really experience what it's like to it, what it does for your life to, yeah. to be it's, there it's of a service. 
yeah, it's it's addicting helping other people and, and receiving that that I don't know what that feeling is. I can't fulfillment, I guess, right? Absolutely. Uh, I think that's what it is a hundred percent. It's fulfillment. And, and there's a lot of adults, even kids and adults, where you know they're trying to find their purpose in life. Um, especially kids, they, they really are, you know, you know, how am I useful? Um helping other people, I mean, that's having that purpose like wow I'm I'm useful for somebody else. Somebody else needs my help. Um not just that person. There's many people out there that need your help. Uh there's people out there that help the homelessness, you know, um veterans, uh refugees. This is we're that program where we're helping this population that kind of undeserved uh, underserved uh and we're you know we're providing kids and adult volunteers that fulfillment and the more it helps them, you know, the better the feeling it is for them, the more they're going to do it. Exactly. Um, and and even yeah. if it's beyond your organization and your work, just you're, you're sparking yeah. that concept in somebody, especially in kids a, that, you know, it's a, it's, whether it's here or somewhere else or some other lane that you choose, uh, it feels good to do good things for other people. Yeah. And um, as we're talking about passion uh, because I think passion obviously drives your organization and your mission. Can you give us your perspective on the importance of following your own unique passions and, and doing good in the world? Yeah. So uh, I think as we get older, um, there's a lot of us that has that in with something. You're, you're passionate about brewing beer with your friends and serving that to others. So you open up your own brewery, right? Uh, maybe you love skiing, snowboarding. You love it so much that you decide to you become a teacher and teach that to kids because you enjoy doing it. Right. Uh, people love coaching. They, you know, coaching sports because they like that connection with, um, with their other coaches, with the kids. This, this is it for me right here. You know, I, I realized at an early age, um, in college, I just had this, uh, connection, uh, with one of our kids with the first kid I worked with. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a strong connection where I was I was helping them with life skills in the community and at home with everyday little you know life lessons, and uh, to the point where I was like, I'm, "This feels good. I'm working through college. This feels good helping this one kid." And um, you know, nine years later, I still see the kid today. You know, we don't work together, but uh, I, I'll go and visit him because it's just a really strong connection. Um, I that word connection is what drives my passion. Um, I think. A lot of people have to have that connection, whether it's with friendships, relationships, uh, your work. You you can't. That's something you can't fake. Because when you fake when you fake that connection, it's exhausting. It's really tiring. Maybe you have a job right now that you love. Um, maybe the people you work with though is kind of you know it's kind of toxic, right? That's and you're trying to you try to get past that. It's it's exhausting, and people lose that passion not because of the work they're doing, but because, you know, the, uh, the, the people they work with. Um, so they lose that passion, not because of the work, but because of other things. Right. Um, so starting game changers, I was able to start from the ground up and bring on the right people. Um, I'm a big coach Pete fan from university of Washington. He has this thing called OKGs and it stands for our kind of guys. And it's, that's how he does his recruiting. When he goes out and recruits uh, players, you could be a really good athlete, but if you're not a good dude, you know, you, you're not going to fit our program. If you can't buy into our program, our philosophy, I don't care what kind of athlete you are, you're not going to fit our program. And that goes for his coaches too. He has coaches that 
they're not yellers, but they're teachers. So lots of times coaches think, you know, I'm a yeller, I'm a coach, but you got to be a teacher first. So for our program, again, we're finding really awesome peer mentors. And we're not going to turn down a peer mentor. There's a kid that's kind of troubled that wants to help. Yeah, let's, let's help him. You know, that, that's good. Um, and we're finding really, really good volunteers that have, that's been what's been driving our program is finding really good volunteers. I want to work with people that are just really good people uh, for the organization and good people for me too. And our mission statement, the very first part of our mission statement is to find those who seek to spread goodness so that others may be fulfilled. So we're finding people that see what we're doing. They see our mission statement and they're saying, I want to be that person right there. So they'll reach out to me and they'll say, Hey, um, you know, I have this CrossFit gym. You know, what do you think about doing adaptive CrossFit? And it's a friend of mine. And we're doing adaptive CrossFit now because they're, they're good people that want to help other people. All right. We're doing gymnastics now because this person reached out. You know, I'm a gymnastics coach. You know, what could we do? Like now we're doing gymnastics here soon. Um, we're, that's, awesome. that's how we're building our program. And I'm personally am surrounded by really good people that want to help other people. So again, why not continue doing that? So, and, and it's a strong connection with all these people that slowly over time, we're just kind of building up. Because that's uh, what I would imagine. That's what elevates your mission. If you have the right people and everybody's on the same vibe, if you will, that, uh, yeah. that is what elevates your mission. And it, it's clear that you're accomplishing your mission. And now you're going beyond accomplishing your mission by including yeah. all of these other people to build it mm-hmm. up. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm wondering in, in talking about the organization and, and where you are now, how do you see the organization evolving in the future? What are your hopes or, or goals for the organization? Um, so there, we've had a plan for a long time to grow. You know, At one point, just a little over a year ago, we were just a flag football program. And uh, once we got our nonprofit status, that's when we quickly, I let the plan go little by little. Um, I think we have like five sports now that we offer and we're trying to make it, the goal is to make it a year around uh, a program. All right. So that's, you know, it's something consistent for the kids and they can pick and choose what they want to play, what they don't want to play. That's, that's a big goal, you know, um, just like any other kid in the community. Um, so the goal is, a, you know, definitely get more kids. There's a lot more kids out there, kids with and without disabilities that can benefit from this. Uh, we have plans to start more programs and, uh, something that's going to be really, really, really special. And, uh, Invite me back this a year from now, a little over a year from now, okay? We're working on a project called the Kuwa Project. And that's going to be our outreach program. I'm so excited for this. Uh, invite me a year from now and that, and we'll talk about that right there. That's so, awesome. So you've got yeah. some new things in the works and yeah. just kind of moving forward with what you have going and building upon that. Yep. The So the actual program itself is, you when you talk about your athletes, those are the kids mm-hmm. that have special needs. Yeah. And then your your peer mentors or, or leaders are kids mm-hmm. um, without special needs that are there to help kind yep. of team up with and buddy with these these kids that, that have the special needs. And are they all about the same age? Are they? Yeah, uh, we're so we're a kindergarten through 12th grade program. Uh, our CrossFit program is a uh, sixth grade through 12th grade, which is more appropriate for them. We also have a we started a program called Little Game Changers. So it's three to five-year-olds with disabilities. Um, and that one's just specifically for kids with disabilities. And that's just getting them active. We'll, uh, or we have organized sports drills and they'll rotate among those sports drills. And they each have a one-on-one 
adult volunteer right next to them. Uh, that's that's a fun one. It's a uh, little game changers. That's awesome. Uh, and we'll do that. We'll do that quarterly. So specifically kindergarten to twelve. So it's great. So you're really yeah. you're opening this up to to kids of all ages, pretty much. Yeah. And giving yep. them both on, on both sides, the special needs and the kids without special needs, giving them all an opportunity to connect, yeah. like you said. Yeah. And when we're playing sports, uh, our, our peer mentors, they, they don't even know they're a volunteer. You know, they, they don't, which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, they're playing as a teammate and they're playing, they're playing, um, not to dominate the game, but they know when to slow down. Uh, there's some of our athletes are really athletic, so they can play to their level. But they're not going to embarrass them, you know. That's that's compassion right there. Right. And then there's kids who are very timid. It's their first time playing, and they're they're taking it easy. But our our peer mentors know, hey, okay, we we understand. We're going to slow this game down a little bit for him uh, because you can see that, you know, he's he's not the fastest kid. So we're going to give him about five or ten yards, and then we'll pull the flag, you know. Um, so it's it's pretty cool how our peer mentors kind of adjust on the fly. And again, we talked to them about that, but they'll adjust on their own too over time. So it's just giving them an opportunity to learn. Right, right. right. And so. you touched on the topic of compassion. I wanted to circle back to that because here on this podcast, that's been a, a main theme for me. It's something that I just really like to have a conversation about with each person is what compassion means to you and, mm-hmm. and maybe the importance of compassion in the work that you do. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's, uh, being understanding of somebody's situation. I have really good patience, <laughs> uh, for kids because I understand that some kids are born into a situation that they didn't choose. Um, and because they're in that situation, they don't know how to get out of it. And sometimes they don't have the right guidance to get out of that situation. So by the time they hit junior high, you know, people have kind of written them off as being a bad kid. And, you know, it, it's kind of, it, it kind of sucks because, you know, they, they never really had a chance. They didn't have great role models as kids and, you know, maybe where they came from in our bridge program with our refugee students, um, definitely compassionate for these kids. We hold them to high standards because we want them to, uh, we want them to just kind of quickly come accustomed to the American culture. Um, but we understand where they're coming from, um, because, you know, sometimes they're a little rowdy. You know, they're, <laughs> it's a new country. There's, you know, how they were disciplined in their schools, where they came from is scary and it's sad. And, you know, we don't do that in America. And they know that. So they're able to bend the rules a little bit more because they know they get away with a little bit more. So it's kind of funny. Um, the best I can do is send them to the office. But, you know, it's kind of a joke to them. <laughs> but it's just being patient with them and understanding, you know, this is new for them. Um, and... Uh, you know, it's my job as an adult to teach them the values uh, of life, honestly. And especially with kids in lower income families that come from broken families, they didn't choose to be born in a broken family. They didn't choose to live with minimum wage, but that's their situation. And for me, you know, it's my job to be patient with them, understanding and really teach them not, you're a bad kid, you're not my problem. It's not it. It's like, no, let's find a way. What's his situation? Let's take care of that situation so he can get out of it. Um, it, That's what it is for me, though. And there's lots of people out there that aren't very understanding. They treat every kid the same. Um, And you you can't do that. You really can't. You can be more patient. You don't treat other kids better than than most, but you can be more patient with other kids. I think that's the way to go about it. 
And I think that that's a really key uh, thing that you bring up is the patience. Because I think that that's that's what those kids are yearning for, is for Mm -hmm. someone to have enough patience to understand Mm -hmm. where they're coming from and to to meet them where they're at and teach them from that point moving forward. I'm really inspired by what you're doing. I think both in your bridge program and Game Changers, I think it's clear that you are highly motivated by a passion to help these kids. And it's super inspirational, especially for my listeners, because we talk a lot about how can we better connect to our own passions Mm -hmm. and find an outlet for that. You know, like you said, you may be in a job where you could be passionate about what you're doing, but the environment around you is toxic Mm -hmm. and therefore it's stifling your passion. And I just think having these conversations and being really open about that topic can help people through those type of situations. And maybe help them break through to a new passion that they didn't know they had, or just hearing your story could inspire something in somebody to create a program like this in their own local area, you know, or just pay attention to uh, being more understanding to these kids that, that really do need mentors and adults around them like yourself that are open and willing to work with them and willing to show up with patience and compassion. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. This, I, I'm sure, will serve my listeners and, and be inspirational. Cool, yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this episode of the Be The Good podcast, please like, comment, and share. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts or your favorite Google Play app. And be sure to follow me on Instagram for daily inspiration at be.thegood. Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember that we can all find our own way to be the good.